everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. This is our On Friendship episode for June. This is where we talk about a film, usually on Hallmark Channel, but not this time, uh, that we talk about it from a... Uh, from a perspective of friendship and relationships and it's really fun and i film critic rachel wagner and elisa lucas is here hello hey (laughs) and (laughs) today we are doing something a little bit different we're talking about a film that i saw at sundance that i really really enjoyed and I told Elise about it way back in January when I yeah, saw it. Yeah, you texted it. me like immediately. <laughs> you were like, together, together, put it on your list. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> because this film, Together, Together, is a film all about platonic friendship and a really mm-hmm. wonderful relationship. And so I thought it would be really fun to talk about. And it is an R-rated film, so mm-hmm. our conversation will be will be mm. pg-13 but <laughs> yeah <laughs> if uh, if that isn't your jam we have so many other podcasts you can listen to uh mm. but just uh the movie is rated r for for lang for mild language and it's not a hard r by any means but Mm-mm. there we go but <laughs> yes so together together uh it tells the story of a man played by ed helms who mm. has decided to have a child through uh, surrogacy and uh, that he hires or I don't know what's the proper word. He chooses uh, a woman (laughs) yeah, named Anna to be his, the surrogate for his child. And uh, it's about their relationship and their friendship and their experiences. And I just really, really enjoyed it. It's written and directed by Nicole Beckwith and I thought she did a very good job. And uh, what before we dive into the nitty gritty, what overall did you think about this movie? I could have cried from happiness that there <laughs> is a movie that takes on a type of story that we don't see very frequently, and that is surrogacy. And certainly that we don't see from the point of view of a man wanting to have a baby through surrogacy without a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just enjoyed it from beginning to end and was just so pleased that we had, when you said platonic friendships, it was like legit. It wasn't something like, and at the end, we're going to pull the rug out from underneath you and then they're going to be married forever. Um, So I just, as someone who has always loved and respected and appreciated friendships that I I felt like this is a movie that I obviously didn't know about and I didn't know that I needed but filled so many voids and checked so many boxes for me mm-hmm. so this is a high recommendation for me I know we do that at the end but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say from the start I don't know if there's anything bad I need to say or have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. But I will be gushing, so be prepared <laughs> for that. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad. It's always a little bit uh of a risk when you go, you know, when you're picking something a little bit experimental, a little bit different, uh, that will, you know, will your friend like it and you're like, please like it. And then you're like, <laughs> Yes, you like it. Yay. <laughs> well, we've also had the experience on on friendship with that blind Danner movie that did right. not turn out well. Well, and the thing about it is, though, we still had a fun conversation. And True. here's the thing. I'll never forget it. And I'll never let you forget that you made me watch it. <laughs> in, in, at least in, 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 in this case, I had seen it twice. Yes. yes. Okay, so whereas fair. that case, I hadn't seen it. So I was yeah. really taking a shot in the dark. <laughs> Darn it all. You let me down. <laughs> I love Bly Danner. That was the only sunspot in that yeah, movie. Yeah. Well, it had an incredible cast. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not great. Um, so it starts out with the two of them questioning each other. There's the mm-hmm. sort of questionnaire, and uh, and we find out that uh, that she has had a child uh, mm-hmm. that she gave up for adoption. Yeah. And we find out that he is doing this alone. We get introduced mm-hmm. to his character and 
I I just really loved some of the dialogue in this scene, you know, that uh, that she says, you know, that it appeals to me because you're doing this alone. I don't mm-hmm. think being alone is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely something that connects with me is that the uh, a little bit later on, she ta- he talks about how he feels like all of his friends have kind of his settled friends have moved on mm-hmm. and he i feel sad for what i want and don't have but then when i hang out with my single friends i feel sad for what i have and don't want and i totally connect with that yeah i think one of the things is that they're both alone and various ways and that that for me i think that when people see people alone there's kind of like the "Mm," like it's pity or he even says like you know, I don't want people to see me as as like hopeless when I'm mm-hmm. so hopeful about having this baby that is it's a family, it's what he wants. He just happens to be alone and doing the thing that he wants to do. And I think that a lot of times people assume that those are alone, or there's something deficient about them or dysfunctional. And just because someone is alone doesn't mean they're lonely. And Kelly Clarkson tells us that in one of her songs, but it's also <laughs> But it's one of those things that someone who is married and has kids and friends and all these people can feel lonely. Like we can all feel lonely. And, And I think the difference in this particular sort of conversation is that she's okay with it mm-hmm. and he's becoming okay with it. Yeah. Because he wants to to focus on the things that he wants. I from if I can put on my little nerd teacher hat for just a second, I was like, oh my God, we're starting this movie with an interviewing scene. I teach interviewing. And then it moves to the next (laughs) thing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's about conversations. I teach about conversation. Like, so the whole thing, I was like, okay, this might have to be required viewing (laughs) for my relational classes. Yeah. the Nicole Beckwith, the writer and director, she did such a great job of just making everything feel authentic and natural and, I mean, I I could feel like this is how this would go down and what these characters would say and do. And mm-hmm. it, I think it, I think that's a it's interesting. Like, I didn't know, even though there's credits and stuff, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I did see yeah. something about Kindred Spirit and I was like, oh, is that someone's move like film company or whatever at the mm-hmm. beginning? You know, and I was like, oh, I love Kindred Spirits, obviously. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, And so I didn't know that it was written and directed by a woman, but you saying that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. without opening that whole can of worms in which we can discuss at another time, I just think that that makes sense for why this this feels authentic. I think that one of the reasons why we need more female directors and writers, there's so many stories to tell. And when women are not able to be in the positions to create those stories in media, that is a loss to all of us as an audience, right? And so that makes me even happier with this movie because, again, what sort of story, you know, we don't get the surrogacy story or the girl who already had a baby and her family is mad at her for getting pregnant. They're mad at her for giving the baby up for adoption. They seem to be mad at her for her existence, essentially. And then you have someone who's like, you know, things didn't work out. and. These are stories that I resonate with me and I want to hear more. And so I sure hope that uh, we get more of these kinds of stories. No, I think it's true. And I also think that they, they don't glamorize loneliness either. You know what I'm saying? That like, it, it is hard to be alone. Mm -hmm. That's not, at least it certainly can be. And I think that we Like, it is unnatural to, like, human nature desires companionship. Yeah, we need connection. Yeah, connection, companionship. And so you don't have to be sort of brave all the time about Mm -hmm. being alone. And you can, it's okay to be sad about Mm -hmm. being alone. And I think that there's a bunch of moments in this where that, the, the way they explore their relationship and the way they, they talk about uh, their 
their struggles, I think feels very real and authentic and something I definitely connect with as a, as a single woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that my feelings might be the same, but from a slightly different point of view. Like I, you can be sad about loneliness. We're all going to experience loneliness at some times, whether mm-hmm. we're together or not. And then it's okay to be alone as well, because there's other ways to connect mm-hmm. uh, besides that's one of the things like I feel very strongly that in our society and there's nothing wrong if you want the the societal path that is sort of placed on us, which is the you are going towards marriage and then having kids, family, et cetera. And there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing wrong with not following that path either. And so for mm-hmm. me, this movie really sort of highlighted like follow your own path, whatever that mm-hmm. might be, whatever yeah. that might be. And that's okay. And well, it is and- okay to be happy, sad. I mean, we're humans. We should be experiencing our yeah. emotions and dealing with them, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, her coworker at the, uh, at the coffee, <laughs> coffee thing, that he says, he says you're together. You may not be together together. Hence the name of the movie, yeah. but you have something going on here. And I think that that's really a kind of a true thing that yeah. we may not, uh, we may not have a traditional relationship, but mm-hmm. we do have connection. Yeah. And I apologize for like the high laughter, but what a character. That, <laughs> yeah, he was really a funny. trip. <laughs> Don't name the baby Jesse. <laughs> Why not? I know a Jesse that doesn't know tumble dry low. What is it? Tumble dry low? Yeah. <laughs> like, totally random but he's so serious do not name this baby jesse i don't know he <laughs> he was, really was funny. so funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i agree he was very very good <laughs> i don't remember what his name was but uh, he, he was every scene he was in i was cracking up <laughs> jules his name is jules played by his name is Jules, played by Julio Torres, and he is very funny. He did a great yeah, job. Yeah, he was great. If you do decide to check this movie out, hopefully you'll go in and you'll be able to appreciate his small but powerful performance. Yeah, uh, yeah. very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, uh, so <laughs> they have this conversation over dinner, and uh, he asks her, what's the worst thing you've ever done? <laughs> I, I just thought that whole conversation was really well done and mm-hmm. uh and then she, at the end she asks him what's the worst thing you've ever done <laughs> <laughs> they're like none of your business but i love it because it starts out very in the first interview to determine whether or not they're going to work together on this project mm-hmm. like it's a workplace yeah. project uh, but and then each time they meet there's like more questions that come up in these like like it makes sense like it's almost like when they're at that dinner and they're asking questions it's almost like they're on a first date but they're mm-hmm. not dating right and you know friends have those moments too the first time you hang out you know so <laughs> but one of my favorite parts she says, I think she says, are you nervous? And he's like, I'm nervous about being a dad, but I'm more nervous about making conversations with the person who's carrying my baby. (laughs) So sort of talking about, you know, that having conversations can be difficult, right? And that it's not a comfortable situation for people, but it's something that we have to do. It's a skill we should probably have making those connections, especially if we want friends, partners, and, and, you know, relationships with coworkers and such. Uh, but I, I just cracked up at that. I wrote that down and I was like, I'm definitely talking about that in class. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so she says that she, she tells him that she placed baby for, adoption when she was in high school mm-hmm. and at first he's a little bit like well i don't know about that but she makes like such a good point that if she had already gone through an experience like that with her child mm-hmm. that how much would she be able to like emotionally deal with doing something like that for not even her child yeah i thought that was like a really like if we're talking about persuasive communication because she's Mm going to get paid for this that's typically what happens with the surrogate right illegally i think you have to pay them yeah i I mean i I don't that's the other thing i'm like tell me more about surrogacy this is interesting um but i think that's a really good point because i'm sure parents 
all the time are concerned that 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 they're going to change their mind. And and that is a very natural and fair fear to have. And I think for him that sort of says like she's already done this, so I won't have to be concerned mm-hmm. about that. I can take that fear off my list of fears. And yeah. I think that's what sort of starts to make it like a good connection for them for the surrogacy. Well, and they obviously show that they have a contract later on when (laughs) he's being, uh, he's being kind of difficult. And because obviously you would have to go through all the, the proper channels with this because you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, his, it's his child. Like, yes. And with donor, of course. And uh, so it has to be done legally and everything and they kind of they show that that's the case without you know without because it would be boring you know going through all the legal paperwork but uh but yeah then uh they but that's a great moment because you know she's she's you know been with a guy since they started the surrogacy and he's like i don't know about that and then they go through all the things like that she can't do she can't like all these, these no skydiving no and it's like yeah. goes on for her pages and then it's like <laughs> no vespa slash scooters like just like things that are like are you serious but well, i yeah. think that starts to show that he is very concerned about this that maybe he's uh what's the polite way of saying wound a little too tight and yeah she he sort starts of, he starts out a little needy and which is understandable and controlling when yeah controlling uh the, the whole thing when he brings the clogs in i was like that's so funny she should wear these <laughs> clogs that jules is like ew whose clogs are those yeah, that's no right. ones and then he keep and bringing pregnancy tea and just <laughs> you know so it's like one of those things like he's trying to control you know what she's eating and and uh, who she spends time with essentially with mm-hmm. with that moment i just talked about what she can do and i think like it makes her a little uncomfortable but i don't think that's her personality style and what's really neat is the scene that we see shortly there later is that they learn that she's going to go to school with the money that she didn't mm-hmm. get to finish school um, she finds out that he created a loner app, which is hilarious. So he makes yeah. apps. And the loner app is not like Tinder or Bumble or the other ones where you swipe left or right. It's just like you can just see the people. You just look at them. <laughs> I don't actually yeah. Would you want to would you want to sign up for this app? <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. I was like, that's hysterical because it's like and you can put someone on your favorites list and then it's like you can see them all the time. I'm like, isn't that just scrolling through like Twitter or Facebook? But um, but what basically happens is uh, he she comes over and he <laughs> takes her to the baby's room. And what you discover is that he has swatches where he's going to decide on the paint of the baby room. But mm-hmm. he has every color option of swatch on the wall yeah and then he has a book about yeah, what the all book. the colors mean and he's like but it was in the baby section and so she's like this is basically bonkers like what are we doing but she stays they narrow it down to sort of green shades and then she helps them narrow it down and then when they he decides on a color he immediately picks up the book and it means impractical and idealistic, which is hilarious because you're like, what about orange, which is joy or, you know, yellow is intellect or whatever. And she just knocks the book out of his hands. And so I think that what you see here is that friends can be honest with each other Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) and that you help each other through things. And that not only that, is that they have something that is really important in common, and that might be being alone, but that they're very different otherwise. And that, you know, maybe she starts drinking that pregnancy tea, you know, maybe he starts to relax a little bit. And I thought that was a really cool scene. And I thought it, all the swatches, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Why do you have a red swatch for a baby's room? Like, come on, buddy. But 
I just thought it was a really like they both become better from having been friends with each other and had this experience and I think that's like the best that you can you can kind of hope for in life Mm -hmm. is that these you know the because all of our experiences are unique like nobody's the same and uh, so that we but that we can make each other better from our interactions with each other and you can definitely see that with both of them Mm-hmm. and uh, they even they they have a little bit of time where they he gets kind of hurt and offended when she when they're at a uh they're at a baby store with <laughs> uh this uh they're buying a crib and uh the when the attendant says oh you'll be so happy with it and she says ew He's and like, he's so not my she, partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she kind of explains that you're 20 years older than me and it would be weird. And he, he kind of struggles with that at first and then, uh, then he gets it and they understand. And so they kind of, they, I feel like that's this way of the movie kind of telling you that this is not a, a traditional love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they do that. And, uh, and, uh, one thing that's interesting about this movie that I actually didn't know until I'd seen it twice <laughs> that I found out that, uh, the actress, Patty Harrison, who plays Anna, mm-hmm. she's actually transgendered, which I think is really interesting. I had yeah, no she's idea. A tra- yeah. She's a trans woman. And I think what that, yeah. what that indicates is that, you know, a lot of times people assume, trans individuals are so different when they're just those folks living among us right you know just like everyone else and i think that's really neat in the sense that there's more representation and Mm -hmm. so um when she was the perfect person to play this role like it did not matter at all no 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 and that's the point is like most people won't know that she is and it's fine and if you know she is that's fine too and like that's a really cool thing for those that are mm-hmm. who are trans women who are struggling to see like, hey, here's someone else I know who might be like me. And yeah. I think that's really cool. And yeah, I, I, I also thought that Ed Helms as Matt was just delightful. Yeah. I thought he was just like, you really felt that this is what he wanted in life. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just thought they they together. I can't imagine anyone else being casted in this movie after seeing it. Yeah, really. And they had a nice chemistry together. You really felt like they were friends. It was I, I, I absolutely loved the casting uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. Even the smaller parts I thought really worked. Like we talked about Jules, talked about Jules <laughs> and we talked about like I liked his parents. I thought they his were mom, really nice. Adele. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was really good. Nora Dunn is always hilarious and I think she does. I I even I really liked the uh the uh radiation tech. She was yeah, really Jean. funny. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's a pleasure as always. I don't know <laughs> if she meant that. <laughs> what does what does Anna say? I don't know. <laughs> she's really rude or she's amazing. And he said, I don't think we were a pleasure. She goes, Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's right. but it's interesting because when you go through this process, there are a number of things that you will go through, right? So you see him go to what I assume is therapy together. You see them yeah. go to separate support groups. You see them go to the technician and then to see the doctor. So there's several scenes with Gene, although we mm-hmm. never really see the doctor until, you know, showtime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but and then That's you have. That's true. They go to Lamaze. They go to Lamaze. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. I have to find it in my notes because I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. The Koala House Birth Center for Learning and Feeling, and the leader was Shailene. <laughs> um, and it was sort of like, I mean, it might be like stereotypical, like hippy dippy sort of like type of class, 
But it was like a new spin on it, I thought, because I think we get that a lot. Like these people are like, oh, the breathing and the, you know, and she's like, and he's like, I'm Matt and this is my baby. And they're like, and who's your partner? She's a surrogate. And where's the third partner? I'm doing it alone. And then Shailene is like, she has to do all this breathing. <laughs> she's like. She's like, I'm really trying to work through the fact that there isn't a third partner. And I'm like, sometimes people are so rude. Like, and then afterwards, another couple comes up, you're so brave. And it's like, here's the thing. There's an expectation that relationships are always supposed to be exactly like this thing. And the person who came up and said it was so brave was a lesbian couple, which we are like, that's traditional now in a way, like in that, and that the surrogate is not. And it's like, can't we just welcome all in? Like, seriously, they Mm -hmm. just want to breathe. But then afterwards, I don't think they wanted to be there. (laughs) It was, it was not their cup of tea. That's for sure. But I think the person I disliked the most and and really, Matt's mom, Adele, should have been number one, was Shailene. <laughs> <laughs> the actress yeah. was great, but I was like, the koala? How- I didn't even notice that, so that's good. Well, I've seen it three I times. Had to, I had that's to rewind good. it, because I was like, what is this called? This is silly gooses, right? You know, but again, it was just like another moment of like, this sort of genius way of, of bringing it in. And then yeah, making it feel these- real. Yeah, because that would then, happen. Then there's all these moments of going to, as you mentioned, going shopping for the the crib, <laughs> and going shopping, and where she runs into her sister's friend, and sort of her family then finds out that she's no longer with her previous partner, and that she tell this friend tells the family that she's pregnant, and then her mom leaves like a nasty call. So they have that shopping together, but like this disappointment together, and then there's a baby shower. Which can we talk about the baby shower? I'm yeah, sure you will. have just, a plan of action that I have just yeah. ruined. Because no, you're fine. I, because I do I want to talk about movie. that very much. I want to talk about yeah. it very much, but I just want to say when they're talking, then he said, "She says, why are you alone?'" And he says, oh, yes. "Because I'm alone. I'm yes. in this chapter of my life that feels like it should be over, but it's not." And I mm-hmm. totally relate to that. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite scenes. So. Tell mm-hmm. me how you relate to it, and then I'll tell you how I relate to it. And then people <laughs> well, at home will be thinking is, about how they relate to it. <laughs> the thing is, is that I feel like sometimes I'm still, I know I'm not, but I feel like sometimes I'm the same person that I was in my 20s, and now I'm 40. Yeah. And, and there's something about, I think, getting a partner and having a family that feels like such a distinct life change. Yeah. Right. Whereas like my life isn't that different from when I'm, when I was 20, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm pretty much still, uh, once I graduated from college, aside from like starting the podcast, there are things that yeah. are different. You know, I have a home now, things like that, but, but for the most part, I'm not that different as opposed mm-hmm. to like, say my sister is two years younger. She has three, ch- three children mm-hmm. uh, and you know, her oldest is going to be a senior coming up, which is oh, blows wow. my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, like her life is radically different from when she was in her twenties. And I, I don't know, like there's just something about that, that I, that is hard. And I do think that sometimes people, keep you in that spot of your 20s even though you're an adult you know like not that you're not Mm -hmm. an adult when you're but like they I I do feel like sometimes people don't allow you to grow yeah when you're single oh Um, yeah for sure and so you are kind of always in this sort of infantile kind of state of like i don't know it's just it, no, it, i just related to this this idea of like i'm alone i'm in this chapter of my life that feels like it should be over but it's not and there's nothing you can do about it and it's yeah. frustrating uh and and you're like you want to be strong but everybody has weak moments too where you do feel sad and mm-hmm. you wish that you had what other people have and yeah. you wish you had love and and he talks about, I'm just on a loop. Yeah. And I, I really related to that a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree because I would say I've joked before, like my growth was stunted at 25. <laughs> yeah, know, like, um, and that there's a lot of ways that I've changed, but you know, there's a lot of ways that it's staying precisely the same. And even thinking about in- incorporating a relationship into my life, I look around my house and I'm like, assuming that person is moving in here, I'm like, where's he going to put his stuff? <laughs> but I watch TV all day. Does he want to watch what I want to watch? Like having been single that long, I'm like, I'm pretty set. You're going to have to fight with Finn for the other side of the bed. I don't know what you're going to do. There's some of that where it's like, there are things, you know, where I might be sitting at home and people are posting about like their kid's first day of school. And I'm like, you know, eating my ice cream, watching my stories. (laughs) Well, and that means TV, not specifically mm-hmm. like soap operas. But but one of the things is that it feels like once people graduate high school, our society treats single folks as if there's nothing to celebrate in their life until they are engaged or have a baby or both. And mm-hmm. so that was one of the reasons why I like the baby shower, which I still like to put a pin in it because you brought up a scene that's really important where they talk about you know, why are you, she asked, why are you alone? Because I am. And you mentioned this earlier. He says, settle friends. I'm sad for what I want. I don't have. And my single friends, I'm sad for what I have and I don't want. And that really struck me. And some of the things that I talk about in classes about, you know, we're always trying to determine how we're doing in life in comparison to other people. And, um, and it's, it's hard not to just focus on ourselves, right? I think there are people Mm -hmm. who struggle with that more than others, especially with social media and things like that. But I also think that it indicated to him, like, do you want, does he want to stay in this loop and be sad either way, thinking about single friends or settled friends, or does he just want to move forward? And he makes that decision to move forward so we can stop the loop. Um, and that might be in determining what we want in life, which might be different for him. He wants children. Um, I'm like, I think that shop over here has closed, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, like, so talking about my spell, yeah, me too. right. You know, like I'm like, mm. um, cause I think they call it a, they would call it a geriatric pregnancy. And I'm like, well, that's rude. Um, <laughs> cause I'm not that old, but for me, I've never wanted necessarily like I've never really thought about having children so that's me and and that's the thing is being able to recognize what we each individually want which might be different than our settled or our single friends or whoever else Mm -hmm. and I think that's really cool that he makes the decision because again he is a single man doing a surrogacy which you know people you don't typically see that happening. It might happen a lot more, but we certainly don't hear these stories. But what I also like, um, if I can, is sort of her side of it when she he turns it around and he says, yeah. why is she alone? And, and I mentioned this before. Family was mad when I was pregnant. The family was mad when the baby went away. And she says, I miss the family I had when I was 10. And what's interesting mm-hmm. with how it ends is like his conclusion, because he had a partner for eight years where he thought it might have happened, and he says, it just didn't work out. So then uh, she talked about her family, and then she says back to him, sometimes things don't work out. And Mm -hmm. I think that with family, we should assume that everything is always going to work out, even if it is toxic or not good for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And that romantic relationships, they don't always work out. Friendships don't always work out, too. But what I love here, and if I can just have like a celebratory moment of victory, that in between things not working out with romantic relationships and not working out with the family, what we have is friendship. And we'll never have uh, that. That's right. And, like, yes! and, and he, uh, she says that I missed them before we stopped talking. Yeah. Which I thought was yeah. a really strong that's moment. Yeah. That's really powerful saying yeah. like, I wish you were the way you were when I was 10, not when I was 16, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I mean, not every family is, uh peaches and lollipops like sometimes it's hard and you struggle and you have to 
uh, give yourself the space. And that's painful. Yeah. I mean, having a basically like a divorce from your family, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm close with, I mean, I, how do I say it? I think that I have good relationships with everybody in my family. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that we're like super friendly, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah, we're just really different. I am very different from everybody in my family. Um, I mean, my parents and I are, are very, very close, but my siblings, we're just all really, really different. And so we all respect yep. each other and we have a good yeah. time together and we're fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, I can only imagine even with that little bit of my experience, what it would be like if you had true discord and true, yeah. Yeah. true severing, you know what I mean? Yeah, because every piece of information that we gather about her family from her and through the interaction with the sister's friend at the store and the voice message from the mother is that they don't seem to like and respect each other at all. And they are just horribly offended that she became pregnant when she was 16, where it's sort of like move on that was eight years ago right like she's still your daughter and so it, she doesn't seem to get along with everyone and it, and it just seems like she's going through something and again she gets sort of like this nasty voicemail from her mother and well, so and, and I, I, I think I feel like the mother didn't i i don't know if the mother is cognizant of the fact that it's having that effect like it seemed like to me that uh that she is kind of I I I, I mean it's still only this little bit, but it seemed like a lack of maybe self awareness on her part. That's a, that's a that's really unfortunate because <laughs> you're you pushed your daughter away yeah. and you're never gonna have a relationship because it just is so. Is there anything else you'd like to tell me? I'll I'll even what does she say? Something like I won't pretend to be surprised. Like, to me, that's saying, like, you know that I know, but also mm-hmm. I already know that you got pregnant before. So I know you're going to get pregnant again by not this partner you were with. And somehow that ended. It just felt like layers of just yeah. nastiness. And I was like, I can see why Anna's like, no, thanks. And and, you know, <laughs> Matt had his family, but boy, there were some. There was some stuff there too. And <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. It is challenging. And so they decide to name the baby Lamp <laughs> because they want, they don't like calling it it. And gender neutral. They, so they pick a, a gender neutral name. <laughs> and uh, that was, I thought, really fun. Oh my God. Yeah, they went through several radio, uh, radio, peanut. <laughs> like there was, there were some options. Um, <laughs> I think they could have kept going, uh, but they landed on lamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. From the author of Miracles and Menorahs comes a story about history, responsibility for it, and how true love can change the future. History of Us is the second book in Stacey Agdern's Friendship and Festivals series. Available on June 24th from Thule Publishing and wherever books are sold. For more information about Stacy, visit her website at www.stacyagdern.com. That's stacyagdern.com. At the scene we then the uh, where they run into her sister's friend, and uh, I really liked after that scene when he tells her, "You have also helped to create two families," and mm. she is almost like she never really realized that until he said it, mm-hmm. which yeah. was. Uh, yeah, I think that's true to a lot of things in life that we don't realize the excellence of our own experience. You oh, know? that's a nice way to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I, that was a neat moment, I thought, for her character, for her to realize that. And and uh, and that and then next is when we get the don't name your kid Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also a great scene because. You know, it seems like because at the beginning, Anna didn't want to tell anyone about the surrogacy or about Matt and that sort of thing, even though he's around. And so she starts to bring (laughs) jewels into it. And um, she's like, have you met? And Matt says, 
Um, not officially, but we've exchanged several cold stares. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like this really long, cold stare. And then it's like, don't name the baby Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we we get the they decide to not know the sex of the baby mm-hmm. and just because she wants to be switzerland she wants to stay neutral yeah. and not get too emotionally tied yeah and uh the, that's when they say i can't tell if she's rude or amazing yeah <laughs> or the amazing. oh gene gene <laughs> was a good side yeah too so do you know who dr honeydew is um no i was like man we're like the same age similar in age and i was like of all the muppet characters i was like <laughs> when he said honeydew i thought he meant like like a honeydew list <laughs> like I was- <laughs> like i know because i love the muppets and i had just done muppet may just finished muppet may ah, fun um and which i do every year uh and uh so i knew dr honeydew but uh but that was i thought really cute and funny and this is when they're becoming closer and closer and closer mm-hmm. and she actually stays over they're watching friends together <laughs> <laughs> and then she has to kind of explain to him why they can't move to that next level like you get the feeling like maybe he's starting to kind of have a crush on her a little bit but then it's kind of I never felt that quickly i felt like if she had allowed it to go there then he would have gone there but then it's quickly kind of not and then he's okay with it i don't even have anything like that in my notes because they have that whole woody allen discussion and he says she says how many friends in their 20s do you have well i think it's because i felt like he felt more offended by the age difference than anything i guess i didn't i didn't gather mm -hmm. that hey what do i know i've been single forever (laughs) (laughs) i feel like then he he realizes that okay that that's not going there at all and then oh, i thought his then, discovery was that woody allen was gross because <laughs> <laughs> she talks about uh, annie hall and manhattan i i felt like he he was that was the kind of the 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 i felt like it was an important scene for the movie because it just kind of lets you know that this is not going to be a romantic yeah, so relationship. It's, it, it's it's a boundary line drawn, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> uh, apparently, maybe I need crush to is too it. strong a word. But yeah, I I felt like I do feel like if she had wanted it to go there, then he would have probably been up for it. Gotcha. Okay, I'll go back and rewatch, and then maybe <laughs> I can tweet about it after it comes out. Maybe <laughs> I was too like, oh my god, Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our brains uh-huh. go to different places, I guess. Right? <laughs> and this is when uh, we all we get the scene where she uh, makes him explain how to use a tampon <laughs> i uh, love this because like at first i was like does she not know what a period is <laughs> and then it's like no and then later in sort of like a montage scene you also see him braiding her hair and so i just love it because she's being sure he has these moments if it's a girl that he can help his daughter right yeah. and i'm just like that is so cool and and she kind of she she, she realizes that because she tells them you know i'm gonna be at school you're gonna be busy with lamp and (laughs) like they're not gonna have this like i'm sure they'll keep in touch but they're not gonna have this like intense friendship yeah that they have now yeah that, that that she needs to do whatever she can to help him in this moment of time because it's fleeting and and that's sometimes that's the case with friendship well, but it's also, yeah, like friends are give us everything that we might need or everything that we can give to other people at a certain time. And then it, it might dissipate and, and come back at a later point or whatever. But I love her method of like teaching because she's like, he's like talking about it. She's like, don't whisper it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta be strong because it's gonna make the child feel ashamed and then She's like, are you embarrassed? And he's like, yeah. She's like, then you'll never forget this. Because he's like, how am I supposed to remember this for 12 years? You don't forget things that embarrassed you. And that, (laughs) 
And typically what I know about embarrassment, which is little in terms of emotion, isn't my, my area that I study, but Mm -hmm. embarrassment is when you rethink of something that was embarrassing, you can have similar levels of feelings. Like you can feel embarrassed again. (laughs) So anytime he thinks about the period is probably like face palm. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And, and that, He's going to have to, he's going to have to do it all, you know, yes. that mm-hmm. as far as teaching this child. And so I think it was a real gift that she gave him to, uh, to be, to be strong and to not have to rely on other people, yeah. uh, to, you know, it, it's, it's something that he's going to have to do. So I think it was really cool for I I loved it too. And I just think that at the same time, I'm like, he's doing it alone. Um, But, you know, sometimes there's two dads, there's two moms, there's a mom and a dad. I think, nevertheless, people should be learning these things. So in, say, a father-mother relationship with the child, it shouldn't just be like, the mom's going to talk about that. Because what if mom isn't around when the daughter has her period? Or what if something happens to mom? That's true. Like, I don't think it should just be like, oh, I can't talk about periods. No, you should be able to do it. Maybe your daughter is uncomfortable doing so. That's up to her. But I still think that people, everyone should be informed. Like, I, I thought that was really cool for him. But I was also like... I think my dad should know about periods. Now he probably doesn't care because I'm in my 40s. Well, but like- and there's just <laughs> so many parts of parenting that are awkward and uncomfortable, whether yeah. it's toilet training or get in there, like, though. you know, you got to you got to do it. Roll up your uh, sleeves and get in there. Get involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then she has a really great conversation with Jules where <laughs> he uh, he says this is where he says just because you're not together together doesn't mean yeah. you haven't created a bond that will end and sort of that's when they kind of realize that uh, we're where she sort of realizes that oh, they're gonna have to in a sense break up yeah they have this sort of super intense relationship and then uh then what's that that's not going to be forever that there is going to be this platonic breakup and uh and i i just thought it was really funny when she's like oh i just gave him a podcast <laughs> oh that was my favorite part because jules is like i feel like you're creating a straight man in there and she goes yeah. i just gave him a podcast yeah. and i hit pause and laugh for like half a minute because yeah. i was like that was hilarious perfection. yeah that is some really good writing funny. yeah <laughs> and the thing I thought was interesting about this baby shower. So there's Ugh. this long baby shower. Finally, sequence, we and, get to talk about the baby shower. <laughs> is that the thing is that so none of these people, aside from his parents, uh, briefly have been any part of this whole experience that we've seen at Mm-mm. least. Nope. Right. And so these are all his quote unquote friends, yeah. but none of them are people that are going to be a support network as far as the raising of this child and aside from maybe his parents and Mm -hmm. uh and i think that that's so true in life uh that that's a kind of a hard thing uh is that i have i mean if if i were gonna if i were in this situation uh, i would be able to get a pretty good party together of a bunch of really Mm -hmm. great people who i love very much but are are most of those people gonna be there when I, when I, my baby has colic and I need help and I'm, you know, whatever, like probably not. And that's kind yeah. of sad, but it's true. And cause they have their own lives and their own stresses and their own, like, there's just not that many people in most of our lives that are like true support people that are, yeah. you know, that we can, uh, I don't know if that. To me, it it feels like, you know, we follow this path, you get married, you have kids, and then maybe the single friends kind of get put aside or they're not the most important thing. And I realize you're tired. I hear parents don't get sleep, that there's a lot of crying and pooping and stuff in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, And like, I'm not a parent, but I I know what y'all do is hard. And so friendship isn't going to be the most important thing or that we as perhaps a society hasn't welcomed that. Um, And so it's one of those things like if this is your, let's say, 
there's a couple having a baby and you know her best friend is someone who's always been a part of her life why can't it be a moment that the friend is a part of right yeah and And i think that there are those there are those friends but i do think that we need to focus more on it because it isn't it, it is more of going back on sort of the generic it takes a village. It takes not a village to raise children. It takes a village to live life, yeah. right? And to experience life. And sort of what I gathered is, and and I don't think it's by any a, intent of, say, his married friends or his friends that have kids or as what he calls his settled friends, but it certainly seems like he's been brushed aside. Mm-hmm. And so they they can't be there through all these moments, but they can be there for this big event. And yeah. That was something I saw on Twitter. Like, do you want people only to be at big events or do you want them to be there throughout the smaller things? Who are those friends that you want to be at all of those mm-hmm. events, whether small or big? Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, yeah, it changes. There's transitions. But friendship, I don't think, is something that when people hit, you know, 30 until, you know, their their partners start passing away in their 70s or 80s. You know, there isn't like a 30 or 40 year gap in friendship. We need friendship throughout our life. And mm-hmm. and I just recently did an episode. I don't ever do this. So, Rachel, I hope you don't mind. But I recently did an episode where I talked about what life would be like if friendship was considered to be the most important relationship. And so mm-hmm. that's what's got me thinking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I'm like, ish, the friend should be there. And it's like, Elisa, you're in your your episode of what it what life mm-hmm. would be like if friendship was the most important. Does it mean marriage and romantic relationships don't exist? It means we don't give up our friends for our romantic relationships, you yeah. know? So, and you have different seasons in life and I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it just made me want to be a better, more supportive friend. Yes. And, uh, Always. And, yeah, Love it. Yeah. Uh, so she decides that they need to kind of have this sort of breakup. And oh. uh, she she tells them that that uh, they need to set better boundaries, and uh, in order for this to work, we shouldn't be friends. Well, and, but uh, she I, does I, that after the baby shower. Yeah, after and the baby I shower. still have a thought about the baby shower. I'm okay. so sorry. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> okay, I've never wanted to say something so badly. <laughs> I thought for him. Because this leads right into what you're saying, Rachel. For him, that baby shower was complete joy. Him opening the presents. Oh, you know, he got uh-huh. like what looked like his old childhood bunny. He got like a thing to like, like a bouncy chair and just like having all these things. There's never moments for single people like this. Like, do you, how often do single people have these events besides maybe like a 30th or 40th birthday party? Yeah. There Which, aren't these moments that are that yeah. we celebrate friends. And so it was so beautiful to, to see it. But for her, it was a reminder that she's not going to be a part of this. And that's when she's like, if we're going to do this, we can't be friends. And so I just thought that that scene was so critical Mm-hmm. because he's so happy like he's going to have the baby that he wants all of his friends and family whether they've been part of the process or not are there and it's just like becoming more and more real for him and then he's like let's go get pizza and watch friends and that's when she's like no we can't do this anymore being being together as friends and and so that's when we then move into the the conflict portion of the movie mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> It's true. I mean, I was thinking about that last year because I had I had big plans for my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. Of I wanted to go on a cruise and, and all ah. this stuff uh, with my family, but you know, obviously the pandemic had other plans, and uh, we did end up having we did end up having a fun time. Uh, we did a um a murder mystery party via Ooh, Zoom, and so we had a lot of fun. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's true about that sort of moments of celebration and. And I was actually talking to somebody, uh, I was doing an interview um, with an author named Stacey Agdern, and we were talking, and she said, in many ways, you are what you celebrate. And I thought that was a really interesting, she was talking about Hanukkah and how important it was to her. And I, I thought that was a really interesting idea 
that uh, that I think that's part of what's been so hard about this last year is that we haven't been able to have those celebrations mm-hmm. uh, that, that are so part of like our culture and what we eat and what we what yeah. we what we do and and when uh, friends come together, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, uh, so it's, it's true and uh, hopefully i'll be able to somehow get my cruise in one of these days but um, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my thing is i want to go to prince edward island where anna green gables is filmed oh that's so your big that's, dream that's my dream nice nice yes uh Beautiful. so then uh she goes into pre-labor and uh then uh then the uh she says, I never pictured us being friends. All the pamphlets about separating from the baby say nothing about separating from the dad. It's mm. really cute. <laughs> but and, I love how she's like, in my group, they tell us not to do it. And he's like, in our group, they tell us to do it. So they're yeah. getting like competing advice right. and information. And I'm like, oh my gosh, life. It's always, it's, sometimes it can just never be easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and she says, I love you in a normal way, in a boring way. Don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he says, I love you too, by the way. Yeah. And and I, I think what's great is that we do see this where they have to be separated, but it's not really working for them, right? Like she finds out that she got into to the college that she wanted to and she picks up her phone and she immediately wants to call him and then she doesn't. But then when she goes into the pre-labor and they, they have this moment, sort of like they realize they can't do this without being friends. And I think like then she tells him that she got into college and he is so excited for her like yeah. a friend would be. And I was like, oh, I just love everything about this movie. Yeah, it's really, really, really sweet. And I I think that they come to such a great place between the two of them and and uh when they're they're holding hands and eating candy. <laughs> and, That's their moments of intimacy, yeah. yeah. Holding hands, eat candy, and, and continue and not watching, sleeping together. <laughs> and watching and crying through friends that they completed yeah. the whole series together. Yes. And Which I was like Bro, there's other TV shows to watch, but fine. Uh, You're the friend's age group, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I I love when she actually does go into labor and she says, You're supposed to be encouraging me. I don't believe anything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. There's like some funny. moments where the like the snarkiness is total friendship that that if perhaps unless you have that snarky relationship with a romantic partner, that would not fly. Like it might fly if she's in labor because she's in labor, but like, you're not going to like knock the color book out of his hands because he wants to know what the green means. You're not going to be like, I don't believe anything you said (laughs) without maybe it being a little problematic. And this was just sort of like, how friends sort of razz each other and i yeah and i I love it (laughs) it was really funny i enjoyed it too uh and so then she has the baby and we hit our ending which is Ah! just spoilers coming up (laughs) yeah there is no real ending it's just sort of a black screen we never get to see the baby and we never how did you feel about that okay well first off it ends with him saying as she's doing the like uh, pushing the baby out you're so amazing and she says i'm so happy for you and we have this uh shot of her laying in bed and she's crying probably because of exertion she's probably crying Mm -hmm. because she's tired but she's probably also crying because like she's she's happy for her friend but she might also be crying for herself because this is not her baby and how, what is their friendship going to be like after this? And as she is by herself after going through this whole thing, and he's been there the whole time. But one of the things that you don't think about is that as he then moves to the child, she needs some sort of a support. Um, is there a nurse or someone else that could have been there? So I kind of felt bad. Like I was like, uh, as she sits there in tears, she is listening to him going, laughing and like with joy and welcome to the world and all these sorts of things. And it's Mm -hmm. really this juxtaposition between maybe some sadness and some happiness. And I do think that she's happy for him, but 
they're definitely experiencing two different things at that time, two sides of the coin, if you will. Right. And then it just goes to black. And, and then I was like, okay, uh, we're going to fade up and we're going to learn about Lamp's new name. <laughs> and we're going to see them being friends, watching maybe another sitcom about friends. I don't know. Happy yeah. Endings, How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> New Girl, no, something. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I mean, <laughs> but but then there was nothing. And so yeah. I was like, at first I was like, no, I want to know. I have two questions. What is the baby's name? Because yeah. if it's still Lamp, you should be sued. And two, I want to know what happens with their friendship. And But otherwise, yeah. like, so part of me was like, well, that was a rude ending. But then I also get it. Like, the, they've gone through the process here. This is, this is the yeah, moment. Yeah, I could have used one scene with him holding the baby. And I, I mean, I, I, I understand why they did what they did. And, uh, but there's also sort of my my need for closure that kind of wishes there'd been one scene, but I get it. It it was an interesting ending, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of, that's the end of this part of the story. That's, that's, (gasps) I smell a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) I would be very curious, honestly. Like I would would love to see, yeah, I would love to see her going to school and how that turns out. I would love to see him raising, the baby and how that all works and i mean yeah i would be up for it (laughs) yeah i love it because like all the ups and downs of like college and like babies and toddlers oh my god great yeah there's also play date there's so many things that you can go through the park play dates i mean oh my goodness they're time to start scripting ladies (laughs) nicole if you're listening yes please do Uh. (laughs) um so that is the end of the movie and i had some comments from twitter i i asked if anybody had any thoughts about the film uh and my friend shut up matt (laughs) (laughs) shut up matt I like it a lot. I think Patty Harrison pretty much makes the film and I love how quietly progressive her presence in that role is. It mm-hmm. lets her play to her comedic strengths, but also dig into some good dramatic work. And I'm not, I'm not crazy about the ending though. I wanted an epilogue. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of did want an epilogue too, if I'm honest, <laughs> but it's interesting. Uh, so first showing, he says really heartwarming, uplifting film. The two main performances are so good and exactly what make it work so well. Ed Helms knew exactly what to do with his role. And then Arnold at the movies, he says that uh, the beauty of together together is seeing Matt and Anna's bond form and bloom through this platonic angle, capturing what it means to be human. This experience will help Anna afford to go to college, earning her degree she's mm-hmm. always wanted while also gifting Matt with a child he has always wanted mm-hmm. together together is a sweet and joyful film that sticks with you long after the credits end. Yes. Wait, who was that? Cause I keep uh, remembering shut up Matt. Sorry. <laughs> this is Arnold underscore at the movies. At movies okay. Arnold. Movies. Nice. Yeah. Very Love well it. done. <laughs> very well done. So I just think it's a really sweet movie. I think uh, it's one that I now I've seen it three times. And every time I, I feel like I, I understand the characters a little bit more. I understand mm-hmm. what's going on. And I just really connected with it because of uh I don't know, me being a single woman and, yeah. and kind of that both characters had things about it that I could really relate to. And uh, so I really enjoyed it. And uh, if I think if you are, oh, if people are open to it, I think that they will also really enjoy it and check, should check it out. Yeah, I thought it was an absolute delight. And I think I'm going to push hard on the friendship thing. That's why I'm here on friendship, right? That's um, right. That, you know, I always say I came out of my mom's womb looking for friends. So this is like 40, almost 43 years in the making of a movie that tells stories that we need to hear, whether mm-hmm. we're single or not. I think it's exactly. important to understanding other people's stories. And it's just joy and awkwardness and funny and just happiness and i are we doing crowns today what are we doing okay let's do stars five Five. uh out of five stars what would you give it i'm giving it a five star 
okay. did it. I, I went there. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly compared to what we typically review, then uh, it's, uh, I mean, I gave it an eight out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, but. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And a fresh, fresh score. Uh, yeah. But I would give it uh, like a 4.5. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess maybe I might've done the ending different, but uh, yeah. for the most I part, I really love it. it. But also like know that, that those of you listening that I, uh, Rachel's been hyping this movie to me since January and I watched yeah. it. I always like to watch the movies right before we record. It's sort yeah. of like the experience and then coming right in like with my true thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it could have been improved by a cookie crawl. But um, other than that... <laughs> I just, I just loved it. And, it was so and, good. And it, it's probably accurately more a 4.5, but because of the friendship story, the yeah. writing and jewels, I give it the extra Yay. 0.5. I'm so glad. Don't name the baby Jesse. <laughs> Don't name the baby Jesse. Very good. Well, <laughs> let us know if you've seen this movie. Let us know what you think. I think it is available to rent on all the major platforms. It's not yes. on a streaming service just yet, uh, but uh, definitely worth your investment of a rental uh, and uh, something I think you'll enjoy. Uh, so uh, we'll put a link down to an affiliate link on Amazon uh, if we can get that in the description. So check that out. And uh, Lisa, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, I'm friends with the Lisa now, as I've talked about in previous episodes. So I merge the social medias for my three podcasts. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, the webpage, Gmail, Patreon as friends with Elisa. On Twitter, it's friends W Elisa, because <laughs> Twitter had to be difficult. And then my personal Twitter is Dr. Elisa Lucas. I want to hear what you think about Together Together and all the things that we talked about, baby showers and talking about periods and everything. I want to know everything. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Let us know. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. Check that out. I'm going to be covering the Tribeca Film Festival uh, this next week. So that's going to be really fun. So make sure you're checking that out. And also make sure you're following us at Hallmarkies Pod, Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really need those. Uh, for all of our podcasts, not just Hallmarkies. Uh, but then uh, if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We sure appreciate that. And then we also have our patron group, which has some amazing perks. Like mm -hmm. last month, we got to talk to Lacey Chabert, ah! which was amazing. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> it's only $2 and you get to participate in everything we do. So what are you waiting for? Please amazing. sign up for the patron. Amazing. And then we also have our merch store, which has tons of fun designs. So please take a look at that. And thanks so much, Elisa. This is always so much fun. I'm yes. glad we finally got to do this after all the talking. I know, since January. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what we're watching next. Let's hope it's a little bit more <laughs> together, together, and a little less whatever that Blythe Danner movie was. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. I still love you, Blythe. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone.